Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And you are listening to Sirius XM Rural Radio Channel 147. And this is the show that teaches you about your equipment and may possibly be the only show out there. And I want to thank Rural Radio and all you guys for for allowing me to do this and bring you the information. Because what agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability of that machinery. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're getting ready to go into harvest, right? And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things that you could do to let to not allow your diesel engines to age excessively during harvest and you're saying so hot rod what are you talking about aging well we're going to get into that a little bit later after the first commercial break which is not coming yet but i want to thank you so much and you know that we're here on rural radio every saturday at 11 a.m eastern with an encore at 6 p.m on sunday and if you missed that and you want to go listen to it, or you got a buddy or somebody that doesn't have Sirius XM, I don't know why they wouldn't have it today, because you don't even need the red, you can get an app for it. But anyway, hey, to each his own, they could go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and one week after the episode airs, it will be posted there, and you could listen to it, or you could go to most, if not all, major podcast hosting sites, and then catch it one week after it airs on Sirius XM. So that is important for you to know in case you want to come back and listen to it. Not to listen to me, the guy from New Jersey, right from Cat Swamp Road, but to glean the information because everybody's always, hey, human nature being what it is. I could listen to something. I could, uh, for instance, right now, I have a uh, the problem with, fall, with some fall panicum in my sweet corn, uh, my one field. And uh, so now I am, you know, when I when I read stuff or listened to things about fall panicum, I paid attention. But now that I got that problem, and the same thing happens with your machinery, is that if you have a problem or something is coming up, then you go say, oh, I remember hearing something with that guy with that crazy accent. So you go to the website and listen to it, back episodes. And uh, I, you know, it's... Uh, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use Sirius XM with a satellite airwaves to go across all North America to send a message. I could text her, right? But I keep forgetting to do that. To a message to a country neighbor, which is about six or seven miles away, Miss Philip Phyllis, not Philip Phyllis Samanchik. Phyllis, I believe that that was you that rode by on the highway past the farm the other day. And if that was you, you got a cup tire on that one F-150. I heard pop, 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 like you got a pretty badly cupped tire on there. You may not feel it or hear it inside because I know that whoever was driving had the windows up and the air conditioner on. But you may have, and whoever it is, you got a pretty badly cupped tire. So check that out. All right. So now Sirius XM is doing a uh, public service announcement and telling neighbors about a cupped tire. And what we are going to discuss today is, as I said in the intro, two different things that are very simple to do, but you need to understand them to to limit the amount of age your engine, your diesel engines will see during harvest. And you got to remember, so you say aging during harvest, well, the fact of the matter is, in theory, when any engine or any machine is running, it's using up some of its its lifespan, right? 
So, but there's two things that happen during harvest, and especially with your combine, that a lot of people overlook. So we are going to discuss that, and we're going to represent that to you, and we're going to make it simple, easy peasy, right? Because I'm from Jersey. We can't make things complicated. We're not smart enough yet to make things complicated. So I'm going to ask you to sit Pat, during the short break, and I want you, I'm going to say it again, never forget that agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Sirius XM is home to the best in podcasts, including the Baseball Barbercast. I'm Jake Mintz. He's Jordan Schusterman. We are Baseball Barbercast, and twice a week, we will be bringing you our take on the world of baseball with some help from a famous friend or two along the way. Baseball is thrilling. Baseball is intricate. Baseball is really weird. And in the right hands, baseball is hilarious. Make sure you check it out. B-A-R-B-Cast. Baseball Barbercast is available now on the SXM app, included with all our trials and popular plans. Tune in to Rural Evening News on Rural Radio, where we walk you through the headlines of the day surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. It's an unbiased take on what's happening, so you can focus on growing the best crop. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel serving rural Americans on Sirius XM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Join us every Saturday on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147 at 10 a.m. Eastern Time for Ag Talk, Your Story Matters. This is America's platform for women in agriculture to share their thoughts, ideas, and stories. We feature our Ag Women Connects members, guest speakers, and current topics across the nation that affect our agriculture industry. And we invite you to be a part of our conversation every week. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm going to use my fall panicum infestation in a certain part of my field as a segue into talking about your diesel engine. You say, how are you going to do that? Well, just sit pat and you'll hopefully I will be able to make some sense of it. You know, most farmers today put down a pre and I put down a pre uh, and it, it, I use uh, Acuron with a pint of um, Atrazine. And that works very, 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 very well. But that that Acuron only has so much of a, of a I'm going to say, a service life, effective life, right? And the whole idea, and we all notice, so I'm cre- preaching to the choir, is for for you to get the, to get your crop in, get your crop up, and to go and hopefully, God willing, you get crop canopy. Because if you could shade things out, then then uh, that's hey, that's crop canopy is the best weed killer all right but if you have slow emergence like we had this year because of the weather 
and you raise in sweet corn, which even though I got 28-inch rows, doesn't have, it has a canopy, but it's really not that good of a canopy, all right? You get a lot of sun and light going through there, and then you mix that in with with the, the, the pre-timing out, and a fall, a fall, a summer grass like fall panicum growing in a grass plant, right? Because because corn is in the grass family, and then you get a nightmare, and that sucker seems to come up like, oh my God, I'm in an old drag race. So that thing leaves a, it's not there one day. You go away, and it's 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 there. And once it, and if you have a good fertility program, that thing really takes off. And it's amazing how fast that, and I'm using fall panicum could grow. All right. Well, given those right conditions, that fall panicum really is not kept at bay, is sucking your nutrients from that your, your expensive nutrients, right? Really expensive now, and using up those nutrients, and it's hogging it and stealing it from the corn. And not only is it stealing it from the corn, the nutrients it's stealing, it's also shading out the photosynthesis. So you put this together, and that's a real yield loser. And in some areas, if that fall panicum really beats that sweet corn, you got zippo, buddy. And I've had I have sections in the field that I have zippo. I got a better crop of fall panicum than I do uh, sweet corn in that particular section. Okay, so now let's make a connection to this, to diesel engines. Well, there's two things that I want to discuss today and bring to light. And and these are relevant throughout the year, not just during harvest, but just like my pre is starting to wear thin and wear out as the time goes on because of my late emergence, right? Because the pre is saying, hey, I'm giving you a break and you get that crop up there and make that canopy. Well, the same thing is happening in your diesel engine. Not with fall panicum, all right? But when it comes to lubricity in the diesel fuel and when it comes to your the coolant, in the engine coolant a lot of the same dynamics happen and even though i mentioned prior to the break about your combine but this is for every diesel engine in every application but 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 it needs to be understood that your combine during harvest is working hard and it's working all the time all right well and you can say well my my tractor's pulling a grain cart right and that's working but it's really not working as hard as the combine but it's working i'm not denying and you say my semi is working and it's hauling the grain from the grain cart to, to either to the bins on the farm or to the elevator or wherever whatever you're doing with it. and yeah i know that is working but in engineering we call that a duty cycle there's a really there's a fixed duty cycle on the combine and a fixed thermal load on the engine because it is harvesting crop whereas the grain cart is making power but not as much power as the combine needs to make continuously right so just like that fall panicum right it's coming up there and uh, it's continuously growing because it's 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 got con- it's got nothing to keep it at bay so to make this very very easy peasy as i said right because you know jersey hey you we got to make it simple here we're going to start first with diesel fuel lubricity and then i'm going to talk in more length about uh, engine coolant and what could happen or what you need to do which is very very supposed these things are very simple all right well the first thing is that you need to understand and embrace and accept that 
ultra-low sulfur diesel fuel has a very low lubricity factor to it. It's not slippery, right? Lubricity is slippery, so it's not really slippery. And the thing is that why is it not slippery? Because the process to remove the sulfur, the sulfur was never the lubricant, the process to remove the sulfur people say dries out the fuel makes it 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 removes its lubricity it decreases its lubricity so it's very very important for on on all of your diesel engines now i'm a big proponent of using additives but if you say i'm not listening to that hot rod from that guy's from jersey i don't trust them right the thing basically is and and you don't additize your diesel fuel other than in a winter maybe if you happen to be in a cold climate but you don't believe in all the other stuff well that's sad if you don't all right because you'll eventually pay the price but the important thing for you to do here is at least run a lubricity additive in your diesel fuel and and i don't care whether it's a newer engine tier four with electronic injectors with common rail right or if it's a huey system or if it's an old pump line nozzle system because what will happen is that those all of the components in that injection system whether it's an injection pump and a mechanical injector or electric injector electronic injector makes no difference right it is going to experience excessive wear without the proper lubricity proper lubrication right just like an engine or engine oil it's not going to make any difference it's going to experience a lot of wear and the thing that comes into play is that on the different pieces of equipment on your farm all right then you for the combine that's always running right so that's always running just this time it's not running in the summertime unless you're a custom harvester it's not running when there's snow on the ground so you're you're running constantly a extended duty cycle so that means is that without the proper lubricity in that fuel that you are going to wear everything at an exponential rate so we want to keep that combine engine young we want to keep those fuel system components young and then you can be somebody out there and you want to say hey hot rod my tier four that says it's made for ultra low sulfur diesel that is correct okay that is correct just like my pre is made to keep four panicum at a bay but it's not meant to keep four panicum a bay when i don't give it the aid of crop canopy so the thing is that you have to realize and i said this before many times on my show on my podcast that you do not know the lubricity of the diesel fuel that you are pumping into your tank because it could have been it most likely has been compromised with foreign materials during harvest so what would happen is that if you are going let's say whatever let's 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 put a i'll put a number on 300 hours all right 300 hours uh during harvest if you have properly lubricated fuel in that in that engine then those components would hardly wear in 300 hours nothing at all right because that thing that the combine engine go 30,000 hours but if you do not have the proper lubricity it's not going to break down on you today during harvest what's going to happen is that you your your hour meter is going to say 300 hours but those internal parts and the lack of lubricity is are going to say are going to have the wear of 
3,000 hours, let's say, 10 to 1 ratio. So you don't want that. He said, I only got so many hours in this combine five years from now, and this thing has got problems. Well, it's just like not brushing your teeth. So it's very important that it goes for your tractors, your combine, your, your, your truck, any diesel engine. Please, please, please use a lubricity additive, and especially on the combine during harvest. Extremely, extremely important. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a short break right now. I'm going to come back. We are going to talk about engine coolant. Rural is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America, it's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio, activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. Live when the markets are open, Market Day Report delivers the agribusiness news, weather, and markets of the day from across the world, covering what's important to you and your farm, including instant updates on prices that impact your bottom line. You voted RFD-TV is the most trusted source of farm market information for producers. Stream Market Day Report on RFD-TV now or tune in Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on RFD-TV. They hold these truths to be self-evident. I'm Scott Linden, out and about, made possible by LandTrust.com. Let's take a moment to remember that in many ways, the revolutionaries of the 1700s were just like us. Many of those wig-wearing, wooden-toothed revolutionary heroes were hunters and anglers, including these signers of the Declaration of Independence. George Washington, duck hunter and angler. Thomas Jefferson, also an angler. Ben Franklin fished for flounder and perch. And Patrick Henry, whose speech really went, give me liberty or give me death if I can't go fishing. Yet another reason to love history, right? We're made possible by LandTrust.com. Earn additional income hosting outdoor recreation on your property while remaining in complete control. LandTrust.com. I'm Scott Linden. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. I think I misspoke. I meant to say that the diesel fuel is going to become compromised. And I think I may have said harvest. I didn't mean harvest. I, it, during transport. So the diesel fuel that left the refinery has the proper lubricity for a tier four engine. It does not have the proper lubricity for an older engine. And what happens to that fuel it goes through a pipeline, it goes through a whole a, a tanker, it could be in a barge, it picks up moisture, it picks up uh, a lot of different things, some sludge in it. So that is degrading its lubricity. And that is why you want to add a, a a lubricity product and you do it in your bulk tank you're not going to hurt any i mean it's, it's it's pennies a gallon to do that but the best analogy that i would make when i try to teach this in a seminar or a workshop it's very very simple and if everyone is honest here you've done this if you've done this you may have done it yesterday right but you at least did it when you were younger 
You could, when you do a burnout with a car or a pickup truck, right? You're taking the rubber off the tire. So if you, if you, does the tire wear out that day? No, but you took a life off that tire. So what's happening is that during the long hours of harvest, where these engines are running, is that it's like you doing a burnout if it doesn't have the proper lubricity. Is the injector or the nozzle going to be gone? Go bad right then and there? No. All right, but the fact of the matter is you're doing a burnout with it. So you're taking life off that tire, and then you come in and say, well, come on, I got 10,000 miles out of this tire. Well, you like to smoke those tires. And that is what happens inside the fuel system of any diesel engine without proper lubricity. So you do not want to, and that's why I said you want to keep these engines young. You keep them young just like keeping a tire young by not doing a burnout with it, right? That that you want to keep it young so you want to have a minimal amount of wear on those fuel system components because they are very expensive to, to repair and replace. And like anything in life, they will go bad at the worst time and you do not want that. So very simple, just embrace that fact. If you embrace the fact of putting a pre-emerge down on your farm, on your on your crops i mean your land when and then embrace the fact of at least putting a lubricity additive in your additive in your fuel even if you're buying a premium fuel the guy says oh, is that premium fuel you know well that's fine you're not going to hurt it by putting a little bit more lubricity in it all right so let's talk about engine coolant what a lot of people don't understand is that they look at engine coolant and they the qualifier that they use if it's good if it still has a service life, is the color and the freeze point. And some of you will use the what I call it the litmus test, the litmus test, the the, the little uh, pieces of paper that you put in there, and you need to do that. You need to do that because what happens with any engine coolant doesn't have to be in a diesel but we're concerned with a diesel here it could be in a gasoline motor it could be you have a, a liquid cooled lawn tractor same thing that same thing is going to happen is that in every engine the coolant goes through a, a boiling and then recondensing cycle it is that is good now, i'm not talking boil over that the coolant boils. Where does the coolant boil? It boils around the water in the water jacket of the cylinder head around the combustion chamber and especially the exhaust valve. And that is called nucleate boiling. And this boiling process is actually very is is supposed to happen and it re, and it is responsible for removing the heat from the casting of the cylinder head. The cylinder head in every engine is the hardest thing to cool because you can don't forget that it's the engine's coolant, the liquid coolant's job to to reduce the heat of the engine and the radiator's job, which is a heat exchanger, to reduce the temperature of the coolant. Because you're putting the coolant back in, you're taking, dropping the temperature on in the radiator and putting it back in into the cylinder head through the whole engine, but the cylinder head is the hardest to cool. And then so it could take, so it could go through this boiling cycle. Now, the thing is that when you're sitting and you're, you got the air conditioner on and you're listening to rural radio, right? And you're sitting in, I'm using the combine, but this is every engine, or you're sitting in the, in the combine and you, you're, listening, you're listening to it, right? And you're waiting for the grain truck to, to, to come or the, the grain cart to come. That coolant is not undergoing nucleate boiling. 
So it only goes into nucleate boiling when there is a high thermal load on the engine. You say, well, ah, hot rod, I watch that temperature gauge. That thing is beautiful. It doesn't go up right. What you're watching is the liquid temperature in a certain location. Now, some engines, some, some, some instruments show metal surface temperature, but that's usually not in that particular area where the coolant is. They move that, they usually have that sensor someplace else. And yes, it's metal surface temperature, but it's not in the combustion chamber. So what you are reading on the temperature gauge is really not what is happening around the combustion chamber and the exhaust valve in the engine. And why is this happen? Why is it going to nucleate boiling when the engine is under load? It is very, very simple. Because when an engine is under load, right, and what do we say about the combine? You, hey, you're making so much yield. This thing is you got 400 bushels per acre, right? A corn, or right, your wheat is. You, you, this thing is really working, man. This engine's working to right to bring that to harvest that crop. So when an engine works hard, I don't. It could be in your boat, makes no difference. But not this is not boat digest radio. All right, we'll go. All right, when the engine is working hard, what is what's going to happen to the fuel usage? The fuel usage is going to go up, right? So the an engine's fuel usage is intrinsically linked to the load that is on it. And when you have a higher amount of fuel usage, more energy coming from the fuel because an engine takes chemical energy, every fuel is a chemical energy, and converts it to mechanical energy, that you are going to produce more heat in the cylinder head. Again, I'm repeating it. You are not seeing this on the temperature gauge, right? right? And more heat in the cylinder head, so the coolant is going to have to work harder. Or it's going to have to work harder, and it's going to go into that nucleate boiling phase, which goes from it goes from a a liquid to a gaseous state, and then it recondenses back to a liquid. Now, and it removes the heat, and fresh coolant comes there. It would be like like you coming over there and putting a fresh shot of pre, right? Doing a two shot, two shots instead of one, right? So it doesn't so it doesn't wear out. That's and there are two things that are responsible for moving that coolant through the engine, through the cylinder. Because when it was, when that nuclear boiling happens and there's a phase change, I said I was going to make this easy-peasy, but it is easy-peasy. I'm going to make it easy-peasy at the end, but you got to understand, is that... Is that it, those bubbles want to stick to the casting in the cylinder head. So the flow of the water pump pushes it through, all right? But the flow of the water pump is not enough because the water pump is just a pump, right? Is that the pressure cap, the pressure of the cooling system helps the water pump to, to, to dislodge this nucleate boiling, these bubbles, this coolant bubbles, and push it away so fresh liquid coolant could come there. So it's this constant, constant uh, movement of coolant boiling and then releasing and fresh coolant. And that's what removes the heat from the cylinder. So what happens to engine coolant? Engine coolant, whether it's a propylene glycol or an ethylene glycol or a blend of both of them, is a whole bunch of chemical additives. And just like my pre wears out 
from this nucleate boiling, the boiling and the, the, the phase change then recondensing to a liquid consumes the additives. And that's why you need to use a test strip and you need to check the coolant to make sure that the additive package is effective because if the additive package is no longer effective, not only will you be having a release problem and higher cylinder head temperatures most likely, or then again, combustion chamber and exhaust valve, but it's anti-corrosion ability, it's anti-foaming ability, it's electrolysis ability, all becomes depleted. So it becomes depleted just like it does in my cornfield. So it's very, very, very important for you to understand that and to recognize it. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day and reach out to me if you have any questions and be safe during harvest and i want you to please keep those diesel engines young they're expensive and need a worker on the farm certified angus beef launches new direct to consumer program with this american ag today update i'm jesse allen well, Certified Angus Beef launched a brand new ranch-to-table program. That means Angus farmers and ranchers now have the option to market their beef directly to consumers as a cab product. Ranch-to-table is a direct partnership program between cab and cattle operations using Angus genetics that allow ranchers to use the brand's trusted reputation for increased gain. Kara Lee, director of producer engagement for CAB, says, quote, This is another way for Angus ranchers to continue taking pride in and having equity in the brand by being able to hang brand standards on those cattle that ultimately qualify, end quote. To participate in the program, a producer's cattle must incorporate registered Angus genetics, which may require American Angus Association active membership or proof-of-bull registrations. Producers must also be Beef Quality Assurance certified. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen reporting. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel on Sirius XM serving rural Americans. Each weekday morning, stay current with real-time data, expert analysis on the markets, and tailored forecasts you care about with Market Day Report. Then, in the afternoon, catch up on shows like Real Ag, Ag PhD, Shark Farmer, and Western Sports Roundup. Rural Radio 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Tune in to Rural Evening News, where we walk you through the headlines of the day with an unbiased take surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. This is Jenny Jackson from the Illinois Pork Producers Association, and I listen to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.